It's Friday the 16th of December. Welcome to the last afternoon sport for the year. I'm Shad Wicker, joined as always by Shane Lee. Shane, we're getting close to uh, Christmas. What are you going to be knocking up for Christmas Day? Well, I'll tell you what, as soon as this podcast finishes today, about 10am, I'm going to be drinking O'Brien beer, mate. Sculling it. Yep. Oh, all right. But- all right. But after Quick that, no, for Christmas, mate, I'll be doing. Um, I always do the cooking at home. My Brett, my brother, brings the wine. My younger brother Grant does the cleaning. He reckons. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So it's going to be some porchetta. It's going to be Brussels sprouts with parmesan and bacon. It's going to be some duck fat potatoes and heaps of fresh seafood, mate. Can't wait. Oh, that sounds yeah. That sounds bloody yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm. Yeah, thanks for the invite. No mate. Um, look, today on the show we'll be discussing cricket, of course. Uh, Big cricket, actually, very soon. We're going to be kicking off a new test next week. Uh, Also some footy and NBA, UFC and more. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Whether it's for early morning coffee and pastries, long business lunches or post-work cocktails, head to District Brasserie in Sydney CBD. With a modern Australian menu created to hero locally sourced produce and a unique offering of charred meats cooked on a custom-built charcoal oven. Situated on the ground floor of Chifley Tower, District Brasserie is open from 6.30am Monday to Friday for breakfast, lunch and dinner. District Brasserie, sophisticated yet casual. Afternoon sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so... Contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. Well, we cannot escape the World Cup, can we? The final is not too far away. It has been booked, France, Argentina. But uh, look... The French got a bit fired up after the Moroccan win, Shane. They were chanting, we are in the final in French. I don't know what that, how you say that in French, but that's what, apparently that's what they were saying. But they're they letting off flares on the Champs-Élysées. And apparently the, the, the French government um, uh, organised 10,000 police and mobilised them. They were worried about how much they were going to celebrate. God forbid if they win this thing over Argentina, they will be celebrating long into the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, fired up French. How are they, how are they looking for this? I mean, obviously, we've tipped uh, you, you want Argentina to win that. Well, no, you think France yes, is going to win, yes, don't I you? Yes, I do. Yep. I'm on the Argentinians yep. for that one. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I love a good soccer mm. um, celebration. Football is such an amazing sport without people just go absolutely mental around the World Cup. Uh, unfortunately, they don't do it with the A-League, um, which is back in the news yet again. This is all off the back of this Sydney grand final decision. We've now found out about the board members that were apparently representing all of the A-League clubs. Yeah, so something going on there. But So the CEO, Denny Townsend, is now sort of doubling down. He said, we are going to be doing this. He said, because there's $20 million apparently going to be invested by the New South Wales government. 
So he's now trying yeah. to cover up the way it was voted for with the amount of money they're going to get. Mm. So, yeah, it just seems a little bit shady. Um, that is a lot of money, and I think that most clubs, if you're getting $20 million, and that's for both the men and the women's A-League, um, it, it's quite a big number. And uh, you know, New South Wales government going to be investing that. But that goes a long way because, as we know, football in this country hasn't been that well-funded. Yeah, but I mean, we can't really trust them to do it properly anyway, I feel. You no. know what I mean? Like, this is the thing, yep. mate. When problem with problem with talking bullshit is that it stinks and everyone can smell it. Like, mm. this whole idea of all of them being rep- representing all of the A-League, they were the ones that spewed out that message and got called out very quickly <laughs> yep. by the Melbourne Victory CEO or chairman and then called out by other clubs like Western United who won the comp last year when it's very apparent that Sydney FC and Wanderers are the board members of the APL. So they lied straight away. So, I mean, in any other situation, they're trying to do the $20 million, That's to save your job. And also, I wonder, what pay rise do you get for signing this $20 million deal as well? So, <laughs> no, I mean, very good point. And you know yeah, what? What, what? This reeks of SNL. Because isn't that what brought down the SNL that the A-League took many years to try and become the replacement for? Was this idea of they tried to sell all these things, they tried to make a lot of money, and people shoved a lot of it in their pockets, and the comp went to absolute rubbish. So... I don't know, it's a weird time and it's just amazing how to completely cook your competition on the back of the biggest stage of all taking place uh, yeah, around the world. Congratulations, A-League. Uh, let's talk cricket, though. Obviously, you'll be excited for this. Uh, the huge Boxing Day test is happening at your house, obviously, between the leads. <laughs> but uh, we kick off the test season, which feels like it's been kicked off ages ago, sure. Uh, on the 16th, what are we thinking? Steve Smith already getting a bit of fire from the South Africans. Yeah, it kicks off tomorrow at the Gabba um, and Steve Smith. And they're going back here. Uh, he's been accused now. And this is why this should have been the first test match of the summer, not that pathetic two-test series against the West Indies, because there's so much of a backstory here. Now, just prior to us going down the Bunnings and buying the sandpaper, um, Rabada, who's the fast bowler from South Africa, had a bit of a run-in with Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. He was obviously targeted as the, as the test captain then and um, and the best batsman in the world. And uh, you know, Steve Smith sort of said that he sort of shouldered him. There was a bit of push, push and shove on the on the actual field, um, and they're, they are saying that Steve Smith milked that all the way through. So they're doubling <laughs> down <laughs> on what he's done as a captain, um, but also just saying he's milking with the press, which they're trying to get into his skin early doors, which is I think fantastic leading into a series. Well, yeah, I think you need something to fire up the yeah. Aussie crowds as well at the moment, and it's nothing like a little rivalry to get us all excited. So that's true. Uh, also, we've got some interesting stories here with Aussie Star has been slamming Warner for retirement suggestions as well. Yeah, well... So we've got infighting as well. Yeah, we have. Was a, a lot of the press is saying that Warner's passed his best and this might be his last series. I, I don't believe so. Warner's only scored 150 in his last test innings. His highest score, uh, 48 against the West Indies. The problem for um, Warner is that Steve Smith and Labuschagne both averaged over 100 already this summer against the West Indies. So hard to compare those three. I have a gut feeling, I'm going to go out on a limb here, that Dave Warner will have his best series in a long time. I think he'll score the most runs against South Africa. I just think that he's a tough little bugger. Now, I'm saying that because I don't think he's as fast and as quick on his feet as he used to be because he's aging a little bit. But I just think he's a class player and cometh the hour, cometh the man. I think he's going to really, really fight and stand up to South Africa. Nice. Well, I mean, Mm. you're predicting a really big one. I am fascinated to see what happens. With the test yep. match, I feel. Um, look, and also let's talk T20 as well. Madison's uh, unbelievable display as the BBL, if you've forgotten, is also taking place right now. 
<laughs> yep, it's easy to forget about. They've had three matches so far and all been very, very underwhelming. They're not scoring many runs, which I'm finding quite amazing in such small boundaries and very good wickets. But it was the Renegades uh, who scored 7 for 166, Nick Madison. Uh, he's been around for a long time, former New South Welshman. He's gone and played for Victoria. He was mayor of the match with 87 or 49. Um, Akeel Hussain uh, took 3 for 15 for the Renegades, but it was... Um, the more talk was about um, Aaron Finch, the captain, who's now batting himself, I think, four, not opening the batting. He only scored four runs. So he's hoping to have a, a last series. I dare say he'll be out of the team before the end of the summer. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, yep. And, like, let's, let's turn to another big competition that's going on at the moment, which, to be honest, any, time of the, any other time of the year probably would have been getting a lot more excitement about it. The mm. Swimming Short Course Championship's going on. Some more gold in the pool for the Aussies. Yeah, Cole Chalmers and Emma McKeon both winning gold. Um, Cole Chalmers doing um, the 100 metres in 45.16 um, and he also anchored the one uh, 4 by 4x50 relay uh, to win gold there as well. And McKeon breaking the championship record, she swam 50.77, um, both superstars. McKeon, we know, it, I mentioned this the other day, she has, uh, I think, 11 Olympic medals already. Um, Kyle Chalmers hasn't been able to do it on the Olympic stage yet, so hopefully he's having a good season leading up to the next Olympics. I um, loved one story from there that didn't have anything to do with the Aussies, though, but did you see the Brazilian Santos? No. But Okay, so I'm sure you've used this excuse before, mate. We're like, oh, look, love, I'd love to get out there and run, but, you know, the knees after standing yeah, yeah. around doing nothing in my cricket career. I can't bloody – I can't get back into the pool. I can't get back out running. 42 years old, Brazilian Santos breaks the championship record and wins the gold medal the other day in his final race after a 22-year wow. swimming career, beating a whole bunch of young guns as well, gets out of the pool and goes, geez, they're swimming a lot faster now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, no excuse. No excuse anymore, mate. Do they drug test him? Come on. <laughs> 42. No, mate. He's good. He's, don't drug test him. I need to keep this dream alive. <laughs> hey, look, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, AFL, NRL, boxing and more. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Let's uh, talk about AFL for you now. Obviously, it was a bit of a controversy with the uh, Brownlow betting scandal that happened a little mm. while back where we found out the one uh, umpire was leaking some of the point systems to some mates that then bet on it and were then caught by Victorian police. 
We've now uh, got a confirmation from McLaughlin on what is going to happen with that umpire at the centre of the scandal. Yes, well, the umpire in question is Michael Pell. He's been sacked. Um, but Gillian McLaughlin's come out and confirmed. So what they're basically saying after this, they said they have to review and how the whole Brownlow has been voted for. Now, it's all always been voted for by by the umpires. Um, and they're saying due to potential leaks, this is a, an issue, and it should be voted by the coach of each team. But Gillian McLaughlin's come out and said there'll be no changes. We're going to keep it as it is. AFL do that very well. Um, so the voting system will stay in place. Yeah. I mean, look, I've got no time for the AFL. Yeah. I think the AFL can just shut the hell up and don't talk to me until I find out more about this Hawthorne saga. Yep. Because it yeah, seems yeah. to me, and this is a conspiracy theorist in me, but it's like all you guys are doing is flooding out. Like, I don't care about the umpire story. That was done mm. ages ago. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Cops are done. It's over. This is McLaughlin coming out being like, yeah, we've got to do a review into the uh, into the way that we do the Brownlow. Nah, we've decided that we're not going to do that. Oh, that's interesting. So you can make a quick decision. That's fascinating. Where's this Where's this King's Council for this systemic racism within some of your clubs that you yes. yourselves have said we need to look at all the clubs in the competition? We've heard nothing. There's been nothing, not a peep, but you want to bang on about your stupid gather-round that you've named poorly. And now you're, you're trying to drag up this betting scandal that was barely even a scandal. The guys didn't even make much money. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, it, is, it is a bit of a head-in-the-sand mentality. Yeah, this, I'm it? a little bit like you're making a lot of noise to, to try and make us in some ways forget what is supposed to be happening in the background. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm so over the AFL this off-season. It's annoying me. Anyway, uh, let's get like <laughs> usually I should be frustrated with the NRL, but they've, they've weirdly been scandal-free this off-season. How boring. I say we want more wood. scandals. Yeah, I know. We're getting injuries. Where's the scandals, rugby league? Someone take your shirt off and go to the Gold Coast to a strip club or something. Do your job, boys. Yeah, Do your right. job for I us. Mean, Come on. It's, honestly, this has been – this is probably the first time in 30 years that a rugby league player hasn't been kicked out of Frosties or something this time of the year. <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> but there is some NRL news, though, and this is just normal news. A Storm star is racing the clock to try and even be fit for the season. We've got injuries happening all over the place right now. So we're talking, the person in question is Ryan Pappenhausen, and mm. we know that in round 18 last year, trying to tackle the the, the brick um, Jack Whiten, um, absolutely f- uh, shattered his kneecap, yeah, which is yeah. unbelievable. So he, they're saying he probably won't be right for round one. What I didn't realise is, I know Pappenhausen's been a fantastic player, I think he's getting a little bit slower, and this injury is not going to help. But last season, I didn't think he was doing that well until his injury, but... Look at these stats. 12 matches last year. Mm. He'd already scored 14 tries and put on 139 points. Yeah. I mean, you, wow. you, like, I mean, every team has a good fullback or whatever, but I, yep. the Storm is really, when you think about it, for a few decades now, really built around utilising fullback mm. in most of their try yeah, yeah. players. I mean, yep. even when Munster yep. moved back to fullback, he just became even more prolific, you know, when they had to have yep. the shift around. I, I also worry about Pappenhausen because not only is it the knee injuries, but he's he's also in the Luke Keary level of concussion worry. Yeah, you're right. He's had a lot of concussions and one that kept him out for a very long time. Uh, And then you, I mean, then you couple with the fact that Trebojevic looks like he'll be eight weeks with his hamstring, possibly make the beginning of the season. But he's another player where you're like, we we should probably do what the NBA does in load management with some of these dudes. 
You know what I mean? You can't play 26 rounds of the year and the finals. You need to have rest. It'd be really easy for Ryan Pappenhausen to say, keep playing until you can't spell your last name. <laughs> that's, that's the concussion test. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, oh, look, what a segue. Speaking of concussions, boxing. Um, yes. <laughs> Foxtel has announced a new partnership with No Limit to be our exclusive supplier of Aussie boxing. Will this make us give us stuff about boxers other than NRL players, Shane? What do you think? Uh, potentially, they do have a very good stable. They've got the Zoo Brothers. I know you're not a big fan of Tim, um, but Liam Wilson, Sam Goodman, uh, Harry Garside, just to name a few. Um, so they've got some class boxers there. Um, but, yeah, I think Foxtel are trying to uh, make as much noise, a bit like the AFL, uh, <laughs> to try and avoid uh, the very lack of content they have on, on their platform, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge now moving forward for something like Fox Sports to really try and yep. feel what's happening. I mean, in the world of KO and streaming, this was flagged mm. many years ago, you know, with the the fact that the streaming was going to be a dominant force in sports. So, yep. Yep. yeah, I mean, one one uh, brand that isn't having any trouble at the moment when it comes to pay-per-view buys and streaming is the UFC. I mean, they do have, oh. do have problems with the way that their fights have been judged. But um, after eight years and 16 UFC fights, we're now going to have a young veteran uh, is going to make a, sh- a chance at shocking the world. Now, how is this going to happen for Jake Matthews? What is happening? Well, maybe he has got concussion because he reckons that at 28 years old and, and 16 fights and he been around for eight years, he's just scratching the surface and getting better. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that's that too ridiculous. You think of the ages of some of the people that you're watching fight. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you think of people like, I don't know, like Adesanya. You know, these guys are pushing into their 30s, you know, 33 years like, old. I, I'm not a fighter, mate. I'm a lover, but I, I tell you what. <laughs> When you're young, you're 21, you're, and you're facing a fast bowler bowling 150 kilometres an hour, you don't fear it. When you get a bit older, mm. you start to think about all these other things that could potentially you could get killed, you could get really seriously injured. Yeah, it has true. to be that way in the UFC. I don't think so. The mate. older you get, you don't think. No, when you because your thing is, mate. Once you've been punched too many times in your youth, you don't yeah, you maybe. don't you have that thought process in your head anymore. I don't feel like you know what I mean. <laughs> you've been punched so much that it's like a lobotomy. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you think of the age of some of these fighters. Adesanya, he's thirty three years old. You know what I mean? Like um, <laughs> even like uh, in Volkanovski, like Volkanovski yeah. is I think he's around the same age bracket as well. Um, Volkanovski's thirty four years old. You know most of these mm. champions are in their thirties to mid thirties. Okay. I think because I think the younger fighters don't have the discipline. I think there when you're you older, you might it might be a similar thing where you're like, you know, you're probably more careful, but you're also probably more calculated. Yeah, maybe. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it does get risky as you get older. But 26, that's still a young pup when it comes to fight. I'm surprised he's had that many fights at 26 years old in the US. Yeah, well, if, yeah, you still won't get me in the box. In the, in the, in the, Would you ever do it for charity? Court. Would you ever do a charity boxing match? Uh, no. No, never? Nah. Really? Nah, it hurt too much. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't get in there and just like even if we gave you someone you really wanted to tail up, maybe Gallon. Yeah, well, I feel like Gallon could beat you. What about Kent? <laughs> I'm beating blindfolded, I reckon. <laughs> uh, let's finish with a little bit of NBA. Some positive news for another Aussie as well. I mean, it's looking great. Our rookies are doing so well at the moment. One Aren't even what? one even being flagged as a top seventy in the NBA right now. Dyson Daniels, um, and they're saying this, this kid's seriously hard. He's only just come in, as you said, he, he's a rookie. Um, yeah, and then you've got Josh Giddy as well, who's just, he seems to be the go-to man in that team taking the last shot, and he's, and he's blowing up when, he, when it hasn't come off for him. Um, serious talent from the Aussies, really Look, good. Giddy's great. 
Giddy's so great. He's in a not-so-great team, obviously. Um, yeah. But, I mean, if we rewind it back to NBA draft time, we spoke about Dyson Daniels. We said that mm. he would be a really good pick for the Aussie like, in the draft. And he is in, uh, I was talking to a mate of mine, Big Basketball Tragic, and uh, we're chatting about the Pelicans because they're at the top of their division at the moment. Um, so at the moment, Pelicans sit up there. Zion Williamson's a big chat, but he was saying one of the biggest reasons Pelicans are up there is they're the deepest team in the NBA. Yeah. Like when you keep yep. going through their bench, they've got these great players. And Dyson Daniels was supposed to be this rookie that would slowly come through, but he's quickly moving up that depth chart in the Pelicans Mate. and becoming a very key player. So, yeah, he's playing so well. Big time. And I think a lot of people thought when he got drafted, it was mainly because how hot his mum was. But um, <laughs> he's put that he's put that rumour to bed. No pun intended. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Well, he's never coming on the podcast now, is he? <laughs> uh, look, do we have one last war story for the year as this is the final episode? Maybe ever with comments like that from you, Shane? No, I don't we have this today. <laughs> no? That's it. I'm, That's I'm, it? It's Christmas time, mate. It's Chris. Yeah, too many risks. That's the end of the year, and uh, the lawyers are onto it, so anyway. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport for today and the year. Uh, make sure you follow and hit subscribe, though, now, because then you can catch up with the apps when we're back next year. I have no idea when that is, but a big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away. And, of course, to our producer, Dan McHugh, who's probably gearing up to be Santa this uh, holidays as well. We will be back next year with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then. Yeah, thanks, guys. Everyone have a really Merry Christmas, and thanks to you, Shad, and thanks to Tim and to Dan and all the team at Afternoon Sport, and um, we'll be back next year. We can't wait. Have a safe Christmas and um, look after yourselves and kiss your kids and love your family, guys. Afternoon Sport. You want something different for your next client event? How about a live podcast? The team at the Afternoon Sport Group love an audience, so why not add some star factor to your next occasion? Get the guys talking shop at your next event. For more information, email hello at afternoonsport.com.